Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, an Association of Heritage Engineers Special Edition. Hello, I'm Alan, and as is usual on these short interview special editions, there is no Andrew. Uh, instead of him, I am joined by a guest, and this week it's Dominic Taylor Lane of the Association of Heritage Engineers. And rather than waffle on for very much longer, uh, let's go straight to the interview and let Dominic introduce himself. Dominic, thanks so much for joining me. Not a problem. Really good to be on. Thanks. Uh, so, should we start off with you introducing yourself and and maybe a, a little bit about the Association of Heritage Engineers and how you got involved? Absolutely. I shan't do the name again because that will take five minutes. Um, I, I started the Association of Heritage Engineers for a number of reasons, really. It... it it started with my youngest son who attends the Heritage Skills Academy at Vista Heritage. We were at the NEC show and stumbled across the Heritage Skills Academy. I had a long chat with John Pitchforth at the Heritage Skills Academy. Oliver was doing a generic engineering course at a local technical college, which was a bit rubbish. And John introduced us to a course that up until then there wasn't anything of its like in the UK. Mm -hmm. I I persuaded, cajoled my teenager into um, going along because he was enjoying lots of coffees and chat at college. And he he was working for a pre-war Rolls and Bentley specialist at the time. All right. Um, he got off the bus every Wednesday afternoon and gone in and, and instead of playing sport, because unlike his father, he's built like a racing whippet, he 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 went in and fixed old Rolls-Royce, Silver Ghosts and Bentleys. Um, and when he left school at 16, he decided that's what he wanted to do as a career. Some of, some of the stuff that um, I pushed him into the garage over the years had obviously rubbed off. It's just uh, as well it worked that way, isn't it? <laughs> well, the eldest one, the eldest one likes driving cars and likes his hot hatchbacks and all that thing, uh, and and we keep them on the road and we keep them in a straight line. But uh, it, it, he's not a hands dirty kind of guy, right? Um, the youngest one uh, went through. He's now in his third year um, at Bister Heritage, but he works for classic performance engineering mm -hmm. i don't know if you if you know them around the corner so he, he he works on some amazing stuff i digress one of the reasons i started the heritage engineers was the fact that my late father-in-law was a chap called peter tothill who was a very senior production engineer at bmc mm -hmm. um 50s 60s 70s did his apprenticeship there he was the guy who went in on the bank holiday and hand-built the first Mini. Um, worked with Asic, uh, Alec Isagonis. He uh -huh. designed the line at Longbridge. And he he was an older father. Oliver was 12 when Peter died. Right. And and none of, none of the knowledge that Peter had that I nicked bits of um, ever got to his grandson, which I thought was a bit of a shame. Mm-hmm. So I started asking around and, and everybody said, well, we've got this huge problem because people are quite literally dying with their skills. Yeah. Um, it, it's a fairly lonely trade 
if you are a small independent craftsman anyway. Um, and it 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 attracts some interesting personalities for that very reason. So I decided that we needed to put in we needed to create an organization that would allow the craftsmen that wanted to or craftspeople who wanted to share their skills uh, the opportunity to sit in front of a bunch of young people who were keen to hear. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of it's kind of snowballed from there really because i was just playing with cars at the beginning and we have now expanded to cars and we're involved with the sandy gun spitfire renovation project oh, wow uh, we deal with uh marine we deal with steam i've just been asked to go on the advisory board of the pistons foundation in america um and I, my, I have members as far as Finland, mm -hmm. um, and as far south as New Zealand. So, it it it's slightly grown from my original plan, but in a good way. Yeah, it it sounds like it a bit, but it's it's really interesting. You talking about some of the different, uh, some of the other kind of engineering disciplines or. or, or heritage disciplines because i'm sure they're not all pure engineering that you've gone into because steam for example do they not have real issues whenever they're trying to whenever they're trying to to restore uh both traction engines and 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 train engines um just finding people with the skills to make the boilers and stuff is that not a big a big deal the steam the steam guys are uh um a very devoted uh, group of people, and there are a lot of them. They they have a huge amount of quite skilled volunteers. Um, the issues Steam has um, the the chap who set up the Steam training, the boiler training thing. Um, I was in a meeting with him yesterday. Is a guy called Henry Cleary, and they have had they have had funding to train boiler makers a very small number of them mm -hmm. but um that funding i believe is about to come to an end um and all of these skills really are unless there is some serious commitment from either private money or state money um people will struggle to find the money to train people you know all this stuff costs money um yeah. They have another issue uh, for steam, which is which is quite real now. In that, um, coal is has become a dirty word, um, and along with the National Trust, who heat a lot of their stately homes with coal because they don't have central heating. Yeah. Um, steam steam has all sorts of issues, but it does have um, quite a talented and 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 really quite devoted group of followers probably the most devoted of all of the heritage engineering stuff after cars actually i suppose so yeah how much is it pure engineering and how much is it the sort of restoration of the the, the rest of the i'm gonna say vehicles uh to try and cover everything but the rest of vehicles is it is it you know the bodywork and 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 that kind of bit but interiors and electrics and that kind of thing do they need specialist skills too 
Well, I'm going to do my sales pitch here for the Heritage Skills Academy because they are just about to kick off a coach and trim course on top of their uh, their vehicle engineering course. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I would say having come from out of the industry effectively to begin with, that I think you would say probably 60% of the engineering skills in mobile, we'll call it mobile heritage. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, good term, I like that one. About 60% of the skills, I would say, are common across the board. It, you know, fabricating, measuring stuff, making stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the 40% of speciality thereafter. So, you know, aeroplanes has its speciality, steam has its speciality. But I think what we have to realise as a movement is that to move forward and protect ourselves as we move forward, we have to combine forces and and um, get some commonality across there because we are we are up against an agenda that doesn't want us there in a lot of cases, and we have to we have to prove ourselves from a heritage point of view, like just like big houses were, you know, hated in the thirties, um, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden. The National Trust did a fantastic thing, and now everybody likes them and wouldn't dream of knocking down a stately home. Um, we have to do the same with mobile heritage. Yeah, because once it's gone, it's gone, really, isn't it? It's, it's uh, as with all bits of history like that. Absolutely. Well, anything in a you know anyone will tell you you can go and look at a V twelve in a museum, but it's not the same as hearing it. No, no, absolutely um, not. So, so in the same way, um, someone used the analogy the other day that that a lot of mobile heritage. Everybody said when we went from horses to cars that all the horses would disappear. Well, they become a hobby and they become used a bit less, and they cost you a fortune. And I think that is exactly what will happen with mobile heritage. Yeah, that that wouldn't surprise me either. That's been that's been what I've been saying for the last little while as well, and and. Uh... And that goes for the whole infrastructure around it. Someone was saying recently, oh, but, but you know, car and automotive media is going to disappear. And, well, probably not, because you look at all the horsey magazines that there still are out there, and you can't, you can't say, you can't really use a horse as your primary method of, of commuting or, or whatever. But I absolutely agree with you that, that seeing and hearing stuff working and and doing what it's meant to do be it a, a be it a race car be it a traction engine at a show be it anything like that even these um you know the static engines just sitting there putting away yes um, pumping water into a bucket yeah yes. pumping water. but they're wonderful it's so mesmerizing i love those, that stuff yeah those things are, are are actually you try getting hold of one of those they are almost inherited Mm. those things you know everybody thinks oh i'd love one of those and someone would come up well you can have it but it's a million pounds and you go oh right okay but it's it's all those things we've got a a haulage company around here that has a four wheel and a six wheel steam lorry that they bought originally uh that they still run Mm -hmm. um the the devotion to this stuff is just absolutely phenomenal yeah yeah, it really, it really is. I, I've seen those um, the static engines go at uh, sort of agricultural industrial auctions and stuff, and they go for 
way more than you would expect <laughs> um for exactly the reasons you've just said they're, they're like hens they're like hens teeth if you can get your your hands on them you know it's just oh yeah yeah absolutely um and and but the the great thing about those and i would have to say although i am not a motorbikeist um i would i would say that that the great thing is that you can that you can get into your hobby and it it, it takes up a relatively small space cars yes. and lorries and um, you know big american cars that we all quite fancy you do need a damn big shed yeah i mean i i find that even to have us uh even to have a spare yaris and a few bits around the place <laughs> you know by the time you're at three sets of wheels and a spare engine and stuff it's starting to take <laughs> up most of the garage and i can't get the car in but uh, yeah, it's 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 prop, proper toys are even more so. Mm. So you said earlier on about the Heritage Skills Academy, and you said that the original idea of the Association of Heritage Engineers was to try and get try and get people who are in the trades and in the craft uh, to talk to people who want to listen. How are you? How are you going about that? How's that? How's that happening? We have a number of members, well, we've got quite a lot now, um, who are in the trade. Uh, one of the first people to join, I'll give you an example, was a chap called Mike Flannery from Flannery's uh, Speedometers. And he's actually a watchmaker by trade, but he is the guy that you will send off your you know, dash instrument or whatever to, and he will clean it and completely refurbish it and fix it. And we met at a Bista Scramble event, and he was a man in a tent. Um, and he, I went in and had a chat with him, um, evangelical as I am. And, and he said, yeah, completely get it. And so I've gone from... Uh, I started talking to people like the Heritage Crafts Association who got in touch with me and said, well, we've got barrel makers. We've got people who make wooden wheels. We've got people who do lost wax casting. You know, there's all this stuff. Um, and and so what we, as we move forward, what we actually, what we're actually looking to do, um, exclusive here, is to um, put together some kind of summer show that will showcase all these trades from people who do stained glass windows right through to people who panel beat Ferraris. Mm -hmm. uh, because one thing I've learned on this journey is that there are some exceptional craftspeople in the UK. Um, and I think as part of the whole, um, I shan't mention the B word, but let's say uh, the, the, the leaving Europe um, mm -hmm. and, and and all the all the post COVID thing, we really do need to start uh, blowing our own trumpet a little bit. And these people need to come to the front, and everybody needs to realise that that hand skills are an option as a career. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I we were chatting beforehand about my background, and I was saying I had a, a product design engineering degree, and and sure, I've got some letters after my name, but any of my friends who actually left did an apprenticeship studied and you know studied at a, a skills academy kind of setup and worked and hands-on they've forgotten more than i was ever taught before about you know 
even about the theory of it, let alone actually doing it. So, you know, that that hands-on aspect is so important. Well, I think what we've I think what we've realized with technology and not taking away from what you do for a living, but but ultimately if there were to be some kind of catastrophe, it would be people who work with their hands who survive. Yes. Um and I think an economy based purely on on virtual and electricery uh, is, I think, there needs to be a decent mix. And it's one of those classic things that we shouldn't need to have to relearn it. We know it already. So let's not reinvent the wheel here. There are people out there who can teach other people. So let's not forget about it and then have to relearn it all. It's daft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a defense term that covers it, which is maintaining a capability. It's one of my favorites. It's not (laughs) forgetting how to do stuff and not getting rid of all the infrastructure that then lets you do it. And yeah, mm, absolutely. And as you say, it's 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 so important to have that and to and to make sure we we keep it going forward because craftsmanship's what we're known for here in the UK. Absolutely. Well, one of one of my I won't say one of my biggest supporters because we've got lots, but um, all of the, or an awful lot of the, I'm going to call them tele-engineers and heritage boys. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But one particular one who 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 ha- has a very successful career in antiques in North Wales. Yes. Um, he, he actually did a five-year stained glass apprenticeship and is still one of the the top stained glass people in the country um and he is he is particularly supportive of what we are doing because he was an apprentice and he realized that the skill set not just not just the actual hand skills but the social skills and all the things that go with apprenticeships um you know it knocks the corners off you it 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 it, it can turn out some quite rounded individuals not that other things can't but you have to be fairly resilient mm-hmm. um you know that's why he is 100% behind us and we we talked the other day um i've had a a lovely chap who is an ex lecturer in a local technical college mm-hmm. who has donated to us the last austin sprite ever to have been registered in the uk um because he's in his 70s he took it apart 14 years ago he knows it's never going to go back together again and he wants the apprentices to have a go building it and then playing with it um and i asked him where he was and he said i'm in banger in north wales and i thought gosh that's quite a long way (laughs) um so i had a look on the map and lo and behold it's six miles or where he lives is six miles from um mr pritchard's shop Uh um so I I I dropped Mr. Pritchard a message and he said I'll bring it down to Oxfordshire for you. Um, so it, it, there is an awful lot of goodwill out there. Um, there's an awful lot of support. We've just got to we've got to focus it all in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. I, but I I think that I, I think that the the everybody says whenever you know I'm sitting there watching it and I'm watching the watching the twitters as i do because you know double screening and 
the feedback that you see straight away from some of the 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 classic car shows where they are they do have craftsmen there and naturally i'm thinking of salvage hunters classic cars because i enjoy normal salvage hunters and enjoy the restoration bits there too um the feedback is that was so good seeing that these people exist how can we find out more about them i believe uh drew and paul are are, are trying to find a way around ofcom regulations mm. as to how they can how they can put more information out there because they're only they can only put a very limited amount but drew drew and and paul actually have have, have made a point of Drew certainly in Salvage Hunters showcasing the trade and showcasing the trades people, and they have done um, a very similar job on Salvage Hunters Classic Cars, um, and and that is, I mean that that really does shine the light, um, quite literally in some cases on on the people in there. I mean the guy who did just to give you that example, the guy who did the the light reflectors on for them on that uh, on that Fiat coupe that they did i mean he was doing he was doing everything from 18th century carriage lamps right up to the fairly modern day stuff and you just think well i knew someone must be doing it but i wouldn't have a clue where to find them yeah it's it's knowing where to start half the time well you can generally start in birmingham the black country there's an awful lot of them there um and there's there's quite a few up towards Shropshire. I'm I'm guessing a lot of those types of businesses there are a few in the southeast, but a lot of them the places they used to operate out of have been flattened and houses have been built and the rents are high. So a lot of it has been pushed north mm-hmm. um or down in the southwest. Um and there's a lot of classic car companies in Kent. Uh but there is a part of where I am in Oxfordshire, where there is the odd one, um, but not the little man in the shed type jobs. There is, there's, there's a fantastic ex-chicken farm up the road from me, full of many, literally many coats um, operating out of quite knackered wooden chicken sheds and you can go in there and they are building bodies for bugattis they're building frames for blower bentleys mm-hmm. um and it it's like stepping back in time but that is the exception rather than the rule yes yeah well i'm i'm in northamptonshire so i'm just on the edge of that kind of kind of bit as well but there was there was one time i was over near near uh near rugby and i needed to collect something from one of these kind of storage places and there was all sorts of things and mostly storage but then one of the sheds on this former farm was someone restoring alvis and it was just what well, well, hang on a minute that's a little bit out of place isn't it it was just really cool to see i, I didn't get a chance to, to to go in i i sort of collected what i bought off ebay and that was that but uh but yeah it was just like wow okay i wasn't expecting that in the middle of nowhere well, the the I mean, certainly the 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 as you'll know, I'm a fan of Alvis, um, and I happen to possess one. Uh, and the there there are a number of a number of specialists, but you could probably count them on the fingers of one hand. Mm-hmm. Um, but you are you're quite lucky 
in just using that brand as an example, and it doesn't happen with all of them. You have to. I'm trying to think when Alvis stopped car production. I think it was 1965. Um, but then, <clears throat> then the complete operation, including all the chassis they had left and all the engines they had left, um, became a company called Red Triangle. Uh, and Red Triangle are still going now. They've been. They've just been sold, but they still have original factory kit that that came out of the factory when it was cleared out in 1965 so it never fails to amaze me when you go on to a well-known auction site as to what you might find on there <laughs> yeah um, that's true but the big the big issue we have is that that is a generation of people who probably have bigger houses with more storage and more sheds and so they could hoard. Modern houses do not allow, unless you're going to go to your, you know, big yellow storage type yes. thing, um, you're not going to be able to hoard like some of the hoards of stuff I have seen in the past. Mm -hmm. Even like my parents manage. Parents are a very good example. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I try to hoard like my parents, but you end up with a mess that you, you see behind me. It doesn't work that way. I'm just thinking of all those sets of wheels you've got in the garage. Yes. Yeah, don't. <laughs> Everybody needs three sets of wheels for their car. It's perfectly normal. Um, Dominic, if people want to get more involved and they want to find out, find out more and they want to support, how, what's the best way to do that? How, how can they best offer their support? easiest easiest way is to get in touch with uh get in touch with me through the website um which is uh association of heritage engineers dot dot co dot uk um it is it is a bit like my garage in that there is quite a lot going on there um uh, and i look after it myself for the moment um so if you can't find anything on there just drop me a line um telephone numbers all that kind of stuff are on there but we do do an awful lot of shows and things obviously we don't do it at the moment um and always happy to talk on those and i don't know about you i'm thinking possibly we might get the the classic in november at the nec that, that's what they were promising whenever they yeah that was what they were promising earlier yeah, so so hopefully hopefully that will happen, um, and then obviously all the scrambles and things. I think this year it's a this year it's an email year, mm -hmm. uh, or a Zoom year even, um, and uh, and then we'll do all the face to face next year. But we we are doing next year. We we are putting on a particularly. Um, I'm going to say impressive now because I can say it twelve months out. Um, but we we are doing a, a festival of engineering as part of Coventry Motorfest 2021. Yes, um, I saw you talking about that. Yeah, and Coventry, um, despite all the all the rudeness that goes with Coventry, Coventry is city of culture next year as well. So there will be an awful lot of stuff pouring into that. We've had to do a virtual concourse this year. Mm -hmm. um, but we have been allowed to use the uh, the bombed-out shell of the old cathedral to hold next year's in. 
um, and the Festival of Engineering will take place in University Square, if you know Coventry. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and that will be that will be hosted by, uh, well, hopefully, currently, um, First Townsend and Ralph Hosier. And we will also have um, a radio control festival there as well. So um, next year, and bits of Spitfire and all sorts of stuff. So, um, yeah, this year is definitely an email year, but next year we'll be out with a vengeance. Yeah, it sounds fantastic. Just, just the places you've mentioned there for people who don't, who only know Coventry by reputation, um, it it doesn't deserve it. Uh, then those are amazing places to 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 have access to and to be able to hold a concourse and to be able to hold to hold a festival because it's it's brilliant surroundings really, uh, especially around there by the cathedral. I absolutely love it. Mm, really absolutely. Good. Well, if if you. Uh... Coventry Motorfest is now the the largest attended motoring event in the UK, um, and it is a and it is a free event, um, and it just gets bigger and better every year. And the idea of a city being prepared to shut its inner ring road and use it as a sprint track, and to shut a multi story car park and use it as a drift circuit, um, personally, as a man who loves turning petrol to noise. Um, I think is just fabulous. Yeah, it really is great, and it's uh, for Pimp Coventry Motorfest for a minute or two. And yeah. what's what's great about it is it's it's good for everyone. It doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter how interested in cars you are or not. You know, properly interested like us, um, or if you're just casual, casually walking through, you see people walking past who didn't intend on being there and going. Oh, my dad had one of those. Oh, my uncle had one of those. Oh, I remember these. And they start chatting and they start getting involved. And that's one of the, the brilliant things about it and where it is, is it's, it's, there's so much interaction because of where it is and because it's, it's that massive free event and, and people just stumble across it if they weren't ready for it. But the, the drifting and the sprint track and stuff, it's, it's great stuff. Well, it it was uh, I think it was two or three years ago. James Noble, the guy who kicked it all off, was saying that um, they had a top fueler dragster outside of Morrison's in the city centre, um, and the guy fired it up, and and it literally made the beans fall off the shelf at the front, um, and the windows rattled, and he said he rushed into the supermarket to apologize and the chap said we have never had so many people in here he said keep revving it's fantastic um so i think if we can if we can get it even more diverse next year um by including bits of the sandy gun uh spitfire and and we're going to get some traction engines and things in there um we just want to appeal to everybody and it as you say it's it's a family festival. It's a great introduction to what we love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not. It's it's not just a car nerd festival, and that's that's one of the things that's coolest mm. about it. And that's, I, I always feel that's what you need to get people hooked when they're little. Absolutely, but and and I often have the conversation with um, insurance companies and various other people. Um, about the fact that um, they aren't 
it's very difficult for a young person to insure a car anyway, um, unless they sell one of their kidneys. And I am very lucky now in that that I have had um, an insurance company, um, quite a big insurance company, have come on and uh, are supporting us, a company called Aston Lark, which means I can actually now have those conversations directly with them and they mm-hmm. can then go to whoever and we say to a point look okay if it's a second car if they do if they do let's say give them 500 miles a year limit as a starter you know we just need to get them involved early on because if they can't insure a classic car until they're 25 we've lost them yeah absolutely there's gone. so many other things by the time you've you you're on your way between sort of 16 and or 15 and 25. There's so many other distractions there that, that that you'll end up never getting around to getting the classic car. If you do that, if, if you yeah, stop. There. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and there are, there are a number of, a number of schemes now that, that, that have popped up. There is a classic car loan scheme. I don't know whether you've seen that. Um, I saw uh, it is Ian, um, in Seabrook, uh, no, 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 no. This is, one? yeah, this is a guy. I can't think of his surname now, which is really embarrassing. But it's called Bob, uh, and he put this thing together where they have. Last time I looked, it was about a dozen cars, but it model it 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 ranged from a, a Ford Model A right through to, um, you know, something fairly up to date. And they they literally, um, you can apply to be custodian of these cars for a year um which can give access to some um you know some people that would never have Mm. access otherwise um but again it it, there is a there is an age um an age issue there that's that's something that we've we we haven't got round to addressing yet but we jolly well need to Mm -hmm. be on the list Mm. No, that's absolutely brilliant. Um, so what I'll do is uh, anything that Dom's mentioned there, I'll make sure I include those in the show notes. So if you are listening before reading the show notes, then links to as many of those uh, as many of those schemes, as many of the, the, the different companies that have been mentioned, I'll make sure I put those, those in there so there's a nice, easy place to get hold of them, uh, including, of course, a link to the Association of Heritage Engineers website. Dominic, thanks again for your time. Uh, it's been it's been really good. I hope other people find it as interesting as, as I have. Um, but yeah, that's that's been brilliant. Thank you so very much for coming on. That's all right. It's been really nice to be a part of it. Thank you very much. Thanks again, uh, Dominic, for your time uh, with this. I hope that the podcast has helped you understand what the Association of Heritage Engineers is all about and that if it's uh, in any way relevant to you or you're interested in what you're doing, then you'll get in touch. Uh, as I said, I put the show, the website and the Twitter handles in the show notes. Don't forget, folks, that between now and the next time, you can give us any feedback and share your thoughts with the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com. Please don't forget to leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. To get in touch with me, it's best to use Twitter, where I'm at HJP Bradley, B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. 
To get in touch with Andrew, search for Cracked Windscreen on Twitter. We'll be back before very long, but until then, I've been Alan Bradley, and safe motoring. <laughs>